Today at Kalo's Church, we're asking the question, is fear stopping your growth? And today's special guest speaker is Pastor Jamie Schultz. joining us today. My name is Pastor Amrita Jiva. And I'm Pastor Pradeep Jiva, and welcome to Kalos Church. Kalos means beautiful in Greek. We named it that because a lot of people have heard and seen ugly things when it concerns the church, but yeah. we believe that when you look at the words, the ways of Jesus is actually quite beautiful. And so we really, with this church, wanted to create a safe environment where people can ask the question, what is so beautiful yeah. about Jesus? And one of the mottos of our church is that we don't want to just be a friendly church, but a church of friends. And obviously that's really hard when coronavirus causes us to quarantine ourselves and I can't touch you in the face like I normally do. It's very difficult. And we're getting this joke quite a bit that is humorous, yes, but also very painful. It's this, hey, I'm Rita Pradeep and I'll, I'll see you on Sunday, but you won't see me because I just watch you on a screen now. And we're like, oh, that's oh, not the kind of church we want to lead. Like part of church is like, we love hearing each other's stories. I love being able to give you a Christian side hug or an A-frame hug or things like that. But we can't do that as much. And so we still don't want to try our best to stay connected. And so if you're new to this experience, please, would you just text hello to the number on the screen or write hello in the comment section, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook. It's just our attempt to not just be a friendly church, but a church of friends. Well, before we get into the third installment of our Death to Selfie series, we want to make sure we can stay connected as a community through some prayer requests and praise reports. And yes, every yeah. single week we are going to share a praise report and a prayer request yes. of people that are right in our church community. And you may relate to some of these stories. Yeah. I want to share first of our friend Shannon, who comes to our church and is just an incredible mm -hmm. woman of God. And on Monday morning, she woke up and she found out that she no longer had a job. Mm. And it was so hard on Shannon. And so yeah. she was so vulnerable and so brave. And she jumped into our Kalos Facebook group and she asked for prayer. And she said, this is what's going on. And my anxiety is high and my discouragement is high. And this, I don't know what's going to happen. The unknown is really scary. Maybe yeah. you feel that mm -hmm. today, even as you're listening to this and Shannon's story. And so our church we just decided, let's all begin to pray. And yeah. we just commented yeah. on Shannon's story. We began to encourage her. We prayed and we sought God. And sure enough, God provided a miracle. On Monday, she lost her job. And I'm happy to report on Thursday, she started a brand new Come job. On. That is amazing. We're so excited for Shannon. And I want you to know that God does provide miracles. He mm -hmm. is listening. He is hearing your prayers. Yeah. So continue to ask him. Him for everything that you need, you can trust him. And on a prayer request note, we want to lift up a family today, mm -hmm. some good friends of ours, and yeah. their names are Phil and Monica Silva. Yeah. Phil and Monica have three little kids. They have a baby that's just about three months mm -hmm. old. They're an incredible family. And Phil is a construction contractor, and many of the jobs that were lined up for him have now been canceled. And for Man. Phil, this is a very daunting 
difficult moment because he wants to provide for his family. This is how they pay their bills. This is how they keep food on the yeah. table. Um, Monica's father is elderly and also mm -hmm. lives with them and is very vulnerable to the germs and the, the sickness and the things that are going around. So they have been in strict, strict quarantine. And if you know anything about being in strict quarantine with three children, My goodness. I mean, they need a lot of prayer and encouragement. Yes. They're incredible. Pray for us too. They have a lot of patience. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so we just want to lift their mm -hmm. family up in such uncertain times. So let's all pray together. Let's lift up the Silvas. And for anyone else that may come to your mind and to your heart who may be unemployed or facing unemployment right now, let's yes. go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so much that when we pray, you are hearing mm -hmm. our prayers. God, for Shannon, we are rejoicing, Lord, that you provided for her. And God, we ask that for Phil and Monica, you would do the same. Would you provide uh, jobs? Would you provide resources? Yes, Whatever Lord. it looks like, God, we put our trust in you. And even as I was talking to Monica today, she said, we're not going to worry. We're just going to continue to trust in God. So Lord, we just stand with them. And we ask, Father, that you would make a way mm -hmm. where there seems to be no way. And Lord, you would continue to comfort them and guide them. You would relieve them of any stress, of any anxiety. Lord Jesus, over this situation, we ask God that you would continue to lift up this family, that yes. there would be enough, enough of everything, yes. Lord Jesus, to be able to provide for their family. You would continue to bless Monica's father, God, that he would be safe and healthy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, here it is. Part three of the Death to Selfie series. And our speaker is actually Pastor Amrita's good friend, my friend too, but I think she might feel a little bit closer to you. Yes, <laughs> Pastor Jamie Schultz and her husband, Danny, they actually pastor a church called Sun City Church in yeah. Spokane, Washington. They are church planters yes. and are a few years ahead of us in our journey and mm -hmm. gave us so much wisdom. And in the meantime, Jamie and I just, we just connected and became really good friends. I yes. would say she is in my squad. She's part of my squad. In fact, today we sat with our squad. We were on FaceTime. We had chocolate together. Oh, just such good, deep, meaningful friendship. <laughs> and also people who know the pastor life. Jamie is an incredible communicator. Yeah. She is a leader of so many people mm -hmm. in the community of Spokane. And so I hope that you're able to lean in today and yes. listen to these incredible truths, incredible wisdom by Pastor Jamie. And hey, I want them to know also something else that's really special. They oh, yeah. gave us our 26-foot box truck. Yeah. You know, we're a portable church. Our truck is really important. Back in the old days before we met online, if you can remember oh. that. But that truck is so special. And they gave it to us for free. Yeah. The truck's name is Geraldine. And so thank you, thank you so much, Sun City Church. So let's tune in to this amazing message. Good morning, Kalos. I am so excited to be here with you. Even if it's over technology this morning, I really wanted to be there with you in person. And then coronavirus has blown up our whole world, but at least we can still connect this way over technology. It's the beauty of living in the 21st century. And, and really, I love your pastors, Pradeep and Amrita. They've just become so close to us over these last several years. In fact, I feel really connected to you, even though I've never been there live with you. You um, may remember uh, some of you that have been there for a while. Um, Danny was with you not very long ago, um, but I haven't got to be there live with you yet. But I feel like I'm very connected with you because I knew you before you were even in church. I'm like 
that weird friend who says, I knew you when you were just a twinkle in your mother's eye. Um, because I remember sitting down with your pastors before Kalos had even opened the doors and dreaming and talking and strategizing with them. And we just love them to death. And I know that you don't know me very well yet, but we are over in Spokane Valley. Me and my husband pastor here, we have three kids. And um, I just wanted to share with you maybe one of my more embarrassing leadership moments so that we can really feel like we're connected and on a friendship level here um, this morning. And so I was trying to rack my brain for um, what those moments were. And one of my favorite ones that happened actually not very long ago that I was thinking is actually a benefit to this new age of technology that we're living in right now is that I usually wear heels when I preach and we put in these grates on the stage of Sun City Church where um, we have the speakers now beneath them. And not very long ago, I was speaking to our church and stepped into one of those grates as I was getting ready to exit the stage and severely stuck with my shoe. Like not just slightly, I was so stuck. I just couldn't even move at all. Luckily, the lights had went down. And so not everyone, only the first few rows actually knew what was going on and were laughing at me in the moment. But I was starting to wonder how in the world I was going to get my shoe out of there. It felt like, you know, one of those old time movies, you know, where they, they get their foot stuck in the manholes and then all of a sudden the car is coming and, and they don't know how to escape and Superman shows up. Anyways, it felt like that kind of moment. But um, that was one of my more embarrassing leadership moments just recently although I do laugh about it a lot too. So now, now we're friends, we're connected. I just love being able to be with you here this morning. And I want to talk to you about what it means to be part of a living, breathing community. I know that you guys are feeling all the effects of coronavirus, um, even more so than we are. You're just right there, ground zero, everything going on, and we're feeling it. In fact, it's such a crazy time to be in this worldwide pandemic. We're literally the whole globe is experiencing the effects of it at the same time. It's it's unreal to be um, texting and talking with people all over the nation and have them all feeling the same thing as um, all of us. But I know you guys are right in the middle of it. And so I want to talk to you today about what it means to be a part of a living, breathing community. And I want to bring you to 2 Peter 2, and verses 4 and 5. It says, You're coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple, he was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. You're living stones. Such an incredible thought right there. You know, for me, I grew up in Northern California, right on the border of Oregon. And I grew up in the mountains. In fact, the little town that I came from, it's like barely on the map. Like you drive through, you see one little store off to the side. That was the town. Everyone else is kind of up in the mountains, off doing their thing, fishing and um, hunting and doing whatever, but you, you wouldn't even know that they existed. They're just all out there in the woods. And I actually loved growing up in that environment because every day was just exploration for me. I'd wake up in the morning just like going crazy until I got my schoolwork done and my mom would get my hair done. I remember just impatiently waiting for her to braid it so I could just get outside and I wanted to go explore and see what was in the woods and and the thing that I discovered is there were so many creatures and fun things that we could play with. In fact, one of the things that we enjoyed as children um, was, you know, you come across some kind of animal. And I, I don't know why this was fun for us in the moment, but you come across something and then there's this 
Is it a live or is it dead feeling going on? You ever have this kind of moment and you know, you and your friends get together and, and maybe if you were an adult, you would just like go, ooh, gross and walk away, but not a child. A child has to go poke it, right? You gotta find a stick and you gotta inch forward slowly. You got like the anticipation building, like is this thing really alive or is it gonna like all of a sudden wake up and come after me? Or is it actually dead? I, I mean, there's all the thoughts going through your head, right? And we would have those moments actually quite often. There's lots of experiences with all the different squirrels and rabbits and gophers and just all the, all the wildlife. But even, even the vegetation felt alive for us. I mean, we, we know it as alive, but it felt alive on a different level in that context because you know we would go out and we would build a fort and what that really meant a lot of times is that we would cut all of the the vines and the brushes and we'd pull them back and we'd make an entrance so that we could crawl into some kind of space and we would call that a fort and then you come back a week later and it's totally overgrown and you can't even find where it was it's like everything had kept growing and moving in that space in fact our parents used to even tell us you got to be careful of quicksand because the ground beneath you could start to move and will swallow you alive and so it really did feel like everything around me is living and it's breathing and so when i think about these words you're a living stone we're alive. There's this vibrancy that's going on inside of us. I think it's important to grab hold of that thought at a deep level and understand how to pull it into the 21st century and the world in which we're living. So Peter, he's writing about community in this, in this verse here. He's writing about the community that's made up of Jesus's followers. And he describes us as living and breathing things, not as ancient and irrelevant, not as structured and lifeless, not as bound by tradition and dead. But he, he calls us these living stones. You're alive, you're moving, you're growing, you're adapting. And you know what's true of living creatures is that they do all of those things. It's not something that you can kind of just leave alone and it'll be the same and you come back to it. It's something that's constantly growing into what it is supposed to be. It's multiplying, it's adapting to the, the context around it, which I think if ever there was a time to embrace this understanding, it's in the world in which we live. Everything has changed so rapidly from just a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, you know, coronavirus was something that maybe we were watching from a distance and now it's so in our world. In fact, every 24 hours, it feels like things are just changing so quickly for all of us. I think about even this little vine that I have in, in my house. And this little vine, I actually um, bought it as part of an Easter planner, I think maybe two years ago. So I, I tend to try to keep things alive as long as possible. And I loved this little Easter planter. And so after um, I had it out on my kitchen table for a long time. I finally moved it to my bathroom where it gets really great light. The light comes in on that side of the house and it's filtered. And so things kind of can grow pretty good there. And so even though some of the, the, the plants or the flowers that were part of it had died, um, there was still some of the vegetation that was still alive. And so I just kind of watered it, kept it going there. And also I turned around and realized that the vines 
were growing up the walls of my bathroom. And I actually didn't know this about these vines. They were sticking to the wall. Like they are stuck to the wall, taking over my whole bathroom. And so I was like, whoa, I didn't even know that these vines did this. And now I have them sticking to the walls. They, they really are taking over my bathroom space. And so I decided to leave them for the time being because um, I'm just curious as to how far this goes. So at some point I might have to remodel my whole bathroom. We'll see. But just the fact that you can't leave it alone and it stays the same. The church continues to become what it is that God's called us to be. And I want to look at just some key things about what it means to be a living and breathing thing with you here this morning. So the first thing is that living and breathing things, they do, they grow. You are designed for growth, not just individually growing in your relationship with God, but as a community. You're designed to grow together. And in order to make the beauty of Jesus known as a church community, you're going to need new revelation of that beauty. There's something new for you in this season that's different from the last season that's going to help you continue to grow. I want you to read this passage with me. It's in Ephesians 3, starting in verse 17. It says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and they'll keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And that understanding that we have of Jesus yesterday isn't the understanding we need of him today. There's something new. We might have understood Jesus in the past as he's my savior. He's my provider. He's my defender. He's my healer. He's my shepherd. He's my redeemer. He's my leader. All of those things are still true, but there's just a new revelation of who he is for today's context, for dealing with him in a world that right now is dealing with coronavirus. For me, even a couple years ago, we've been on this journey with our, our oldest son. He was diagnosed with epilepsy two years ago. And, and when he was diagnosed, it turned our world upside down. It actually took um, a whole year to even get the seizures under control. He has a, a rare type of epilepsy. The medication wasn't working with him. And the doctors honestly couldn't give us any answers every time we would call or um, have any kind of communication with them, they would, they would continually tell us the same thing as, well, every child is a little bit different. And, and that, was, that was really hard in that situation to even know what to do, where to go. I needed a new revelation of Jesus. The revelation that I had of Jesus as a healer was very different pre-epilepsy than it was in the thick of the storm. In the middle of it, I needed a new revelation. What does it look like for you to be my healer today? What's it look like for you to be my provider today? What's it look like for you to be my defender today? And, and there's a new sense that God wants to bring into your life of here's who he is, not just individually, but as a community. If you're feeling weary, defeated, or afraid, you need a new revelation of Jesus in your current season. I'm going to read you this passage 
John 20, 19 and 20. And I think the, the followers of Jesus in this moment felt a lot of the same things that maybe we're feeling right now as we're dealing with coronavirus. It says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They're meeting behind locked doors. They're afraid. And now they're afraid of something very different, but they're afraid of the the people that are around them, the enemy feels like it could be anyone and it could be everyone because the Jewish community, the religious community, they'd known all their life had taken Jesus and they had turned him over to be crucified. And now they're looking for all of them. The Romans who are in control at that time, they're just not even hesitating to put people in prison or to execute people, whatever they need to do to keep any kind of control and mothers and brothers and neighbors and friends, any of them could be the ones that would turn them over to the authorities. And they're jumping at shadows, which is why in this passage, they're locked behind doors. They're afraid. And then it continues. John 20 verse 19 says, suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. Listen, they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. The very person that they needed to be on the inside, they had actually locked on the outside. They needed him in their midst. They needed him to come into that space. But luckily for them, the revelation of Jesus was brand new for the situation. The Jesus that they had known prior didn't walk through walls. But what they needed in that season was the Jesus that showed up walking through the wall to speak to them and say, peace be with you. He was what they needed for the exact season that they were in. And in that moment when they experienced him in that brand new way, they were filled with joy, it says, when they saw the Lord. So there's, there's a new revelation that God wants to give you, he wants to lead you into. You begin to see him in a brand new light. In that place, I believe there's new peace for us. There's new joy for us. There's new confidence and there's new courage. Here's the second thing I want to give you about how we can be living and breathing things inside of this season. The second thing is living and breathing things, they have to adapt. They have to adapt. They cannot stop being themselves, the essence, the core of who they are, but they must take that essence, they must take that core, and they must adapt it to a new context. That's how living and breathing things continue to exist inside of new situations. Now, I know you as well as us, we live in this place as church planters. You're part of a, a young church, regardless of what time you joined Kalos Church, even if this is your very first Sunday, you're in a context that's very new and young. And the thing that, that we want most typically as church planters is just a sense of establishment. Like, honestly, there's so many days where we were setting up and tearing down and we had all of our stuff in a truck. We were meeting in a high school at the time. And there was just a sense that, man, it would be really nice to have a building. It would just change everything if we had a building, you know, and, and we weren't just being shut out of the school whenever they have something more important than us that they would like to give that room to. It'd be nice if we had all of our systems figured out. It feels like we're always just trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we be inside of this kind of context of changing every single week what it looks like for all of our teams and all of the different ministries that we have? It'd be great if we had just more track record, a couple more years under our belt, because that, that would be really great to just have the experience and just 
the time of having met together at a church, maybe we'd come across more credible to those who are just joining. It might be great if we could have more staff. We could pay people to full-time be able to work on the stuff of the church or resources. Man, if we just had the resources that other churches had, how awesome would that be? And I just think that there's this there's this sense a lot of times when you're new and you're young and you're on the front lines of feeling like, man, I just wish there was more establishment. There was just more um, solid ground, it would feel like, instead of things constantly changing day by day, week by week. In fact, I can remember this moment with me and Danny. It was our very first Sunday. We were getting ready to launch Sun City Church. And and what a, a crazy feeling. I can remember driving to um, the place where we were going to be hosting church for the very first time and just wondering, is anybody going to be there? Like, we know we have like a team that has been kind of working with us, but beyond the team, is anyone going to show up? We've been working really hard to let the city know that we're here. I wonder if if when we get there, anyone else beyond us is going to be there to be a part of church with us. And I, I remember looking at Danny as we were driving and saying, babe, we've sold our house. We've um, quit our jobs. We have this whole team of people that are just in it with us, have risked everything. Do you think that this is the biggest risk as a couple that we're ever going to take? I remember him looking back at me and go like, well, I mean, I can't think of a bigger one. And then we've actually talked about this several times over the years. And then the story continued to unfold and there was more risks, bigger risks, things to say yes to than we ever imagined possible. And at the moment we were kind of just feeling the uncertainty of not knowing what was coming and wishing like, whoa, what if we just had more solid ground, more stability, and turns out what God was leading us into was just adapting at bigger levels more often. So even in the midst of coronavirus, it honestly feels like as church planters, we were made for this. We're made to just adapt to whatever comes next because we're living and breathing community. We're not something that's old and ancient and irrelevant is inside of the current context that God has called us into. We are adapting to whatever the needs are of the people. Really, that's what we see in the early church. They were incredibly adaptable to their context. And in fact, I, I love reading the stories of Acts and what was happening inside of that early church as it got up off the ground. And they just were great at seizing opportunities. In fact, you know, someone would get healed. And I don't think there was probably a lot of thought that went into someone getting healed. It was just they were passing a beggar on the road in the moment, felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to them, you should pray for this person. And then God moved powerfully and this healing takes place. But I love how immediately they go like, ooh, we should preach the gospel. They just seized the opportunity. They get arrested and there's this, hmm, we've been arrested, we should preach the gospel. They're driven from their homes and they're in other places and other contexts. And there's this, we should preach the gospel. Everywhere that they went and whatever was going on, they were adapting. Let's preach the gospel. We're getting persecuted. We're now imprisoned. Whatever's happening on the right or on the left, they just saw opportunity. They were adapting to anything and everything that was going on. And I want to read you Colossians 4, 2 through 6 and 
just highlights some of the ways that this was taking place for them. It says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God would give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. Listen, this is what he says, that is why I'm here in chains. The fact that he saw the opportunity in that, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should, the apostle Paul is writing. So live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So I just want to ask you, what does this next season of Kalos look like? We don't know how long this lasts. We don't know how long we're all online. We have no idea what the world is going to be like on the other side of this. One thing we do know is we've been called to be a living and breathing part of Christ here on the earth. Stones that build up the church, not restricted to the four walls of a building, but out inside of the community making a difference. What's it going to look like? I think we're going to need to adapt to some changes. How to make room for more people. Maybe different structures for what it is that God has called us to do. New leaders in various roles. Seizing opportunities that we didn't even have on our radar. Maybe setbacks. And all of a sudden things that feel like they're coming in and shifting our direction or restricting what it is that we really were wanting to see happen. And the growth in each other. Because each and every one of us is growing inside of this season. We've got to adapt to the fact that God's doing something really beautiful in the people all around us. And even the growth of your leaders. I love this. I've been kind of meditating on this just recently, this thought that when you embark on the journey of a lifetime, when you really go on a journey together that's significant, everyone that goes on that journey is changed, especially the leaders, especially the leaders. You go on any kind of journey together and it changes every single person that's involved. So pastors Pradeepan and Amritha, they're different leaders today than they were last year. And they're going to be different leaders tomorrow and next year. They're growing individually and as a couple and as a family and inside of the calling of God for their life. And adapting means allowing that, a, that growth to take place in them as well. Us adapting as a whole community in order to make room for what God is doing in each other. Here's the third thing that, that happens with living and breathing things is they multiply. So first they grow, they adapt, then they multiply. Healthy things they reproduce. Unhealthy things, they shrivel and die. I have this little apple tree in my yard that I planted last year. I actually have an older, bigger apple tree that was there when we moved in. And then um, I decided to plant another little one so that they could you know, cross-pollinate with each other. And I was really excited about it. I love trees. So I was, I was really excited to go plant it in my yard. And then last fall, my two boys were playing football and one of them threw a long pass to the other one and they mowed over my little tree, like snapped it right in half. I was really sad about it. They were all really sad for me because they know how much I, I like trees. But we took that little tiny tree and we just taped the whole thing up as good as possible, braced it on every side. 
And um, we've just been watching, hoping that honestly through the winter, it would begin to heal and begin to grow again. I began watching for signs of fact that there's life happening in this little tiny tree. And really the evidence is still, it's still coming on whether or not this little tree is living and growing. And in the, the spring, we'll begin to blossom and have little fruit that will then cause it to multiply. Now, I'm, I'm confident that it's going to get there, but I'm watching for that every single day because living things, they, they multiply. And you might look around and you might ask the question, are we growing as a church? And that tells you a lot about the health of your communities. But often we'll ask that of kind of maybe our leaders, whoever's over us on our team. Hey, are we like growing? Are people being added? But sometimes we're, we're good at separating that from are we individually growing? Because in order for there to be a multiplication that takes place as a community, there first has to be this health and this growth inside of us that causes that multiplication to happen. Going back to 2 Peter 2.5, it says, You are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. And when you're healthy, when you are living and breathing, you naturally multiply. People want to be around you. People want to experience Jesus through your life. They want to join your small group. They want to be a part of your teams. And the way the church multiplies is through the individuals that make it up. Your faith gets multiplied when you invite someone else into relationship with Jesus. And can I tell you right now, people need Jesus like never before. Not that they didn't need him before, but they're just more aware of the fact that they need him than ever before because crisis hits and we begin to realize our world just was never as solid as we thought that it was. We need him. People are more open to listening to the good news of the gospel than they were a few weeks ago. They're more interested and curious to get involved with small groups online and connected with a community that's thriving in the midst of this difficult season than ever before. When you are bringing people into community alongside of you, then the work that God's doing in you individually, it begins to multiply into their life as well. You begin to trust God at a deeper level. You begin to pray in just new confidence and new faith, the peace that you begin to experience. It begins to spread to the people around you. The joy you experience spreads to the people around you. Everything that he's doing in you begins to multiply to others. But really in order to multiply, you individually have to create space. If you look at any little plant, right? It needs space to spread out and to grow. And you need space in your time, space in your schedule to devote to time with Jesus. And what we're telling our whole church right now, our own Sun City Church community is, we need Jesus at a whole new level. So right now, you got to make sure that you're spending time with God in the word and in prayer. Like it should be just such a big priority because every day is changing so rapidly. We need him at a deeper level today than we did yesterday. We're going to need him at a deeper level, possibly even tomorrow as things continue to be crazy. I just want to press into this place and create space in my life so that I can grow in this relationship with him. Secondly, we need his grace. We need his helping power. God's the one that causes growth. We, we're the ones that are intentional about coming to him, but he's the one that causes growth to actually happen inside of our lives. And then we just need to be third committed to the process. We need to be committed to allowing him to do something really incredible inside of this season. But let, let me just tell you, whenever God begins to do something new, the seeds are always vulnerable. Whenever God begins to stretch you in new ways, whenever God begins to 
work in your heart and give you a new understanding and revelation of Jesus, that work is always vulnerable. I went to a greenhouse not very long ago and was just watching the process on how they take care of seeds. It was incredible. The amount of care that they they put into making sure that these little seedlings are protected and cared for, get just the right amount of light, the right amount of water. It was just mind-boggling. I had no idea that that much went into these plants. But seeing that made me realize whenever God's doing something at this level inside of my heart and my life, I really need to make sure that I'm guarding it. Guarding it with speaking in faith, living in faith, people around me that are praying with me. There just needs to be care that's given to the work that God's doing in my heart and in my life. And so even in our small groups, you know, as I'm talking about, here's what I feel like God's showing me and telling me, and I'm just making sure that I'm doing that in the context of community so that the work God's doing in my heart is protected and it's cared for and it's nurtured into the harvest that he wants to produce through it. I love this saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go further, go together. And the way that you are adapting, the way that you're growing, the way that you're multiplying, God wants to do it in the context of community. Not just individually, separated, fragmented, isolated. He, he doesn't want you to all be in individual places just seeking him alone. He does want there to be individual relationship, but really what he's trying to do is through a whole community at Kalos, doing something that's brand new for this season. So just as we wrap up here today, I want to just give you these last few things. To embrace where God wants to lead you in this season, we have to reject fear. Now, I realize that's a big thing to say, not easy when the news is constantly giving us things to be afraid of. And coronavirus is in our backyard. When it feels like the whole world is shaking and everything that can be shaking is shaking around us. But I look back at Joshua 1.9 and it says, This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And when we have a new revelation of Jesus for what it is that we're facing right now, there's a courage, there's an ability to reject fear and step into the place of adapting to the world around us so that we can be those living and breathing things. The next thing I just want to give you on embracing where God is wanting to lead you right now as a church community is to embrace risk. It's easy to want to just protect. It's easy to want to just kind of keep things safe as much as possible. But for this season that you're in, you're going to need to embrace risk. Faith is required for what it is that we're facing. We look at Romans 4.16 and it says, For Abraham, he's the father of all who believe. And we are spiritual descendants of Abraham. The work that God started in him continues in us here today. Look at what it says inside of verse 17. It says, This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Creates new things out of nothing. And we're going to have to step into a place of being willing to risk and believe that God, even when we see nothing, you are the God who brings new things out of nothing. 
You are the God who calls the dead back to life. You are the God who moves even in this season that feels so unsure, feels so difficult, feels like there's obstacles on every side. You are the God who has called us into the midst of it, and I'm going to embrace the risk of following you wherever you call me to go inside of it. And then the very last thing I want to give you is just remember, remember that God is the source of life. So the reason we're living and breathing things and we can function as living and breathing things in the world around us and as a community together is really because of our source being found in him. John 15, 5 says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. There's nothing that you can muster up strength for, muster up wisdom for, muster up any kind of courage for. It's not found in us. It's found in God. And as we lean into him in a new way in this season, as families, as small groups, as teams, as a whole church, then we're going to experience the life that he wants to bring, not only in our own lives, to the community around us. And that's my prayer for you, Kalos Church, is that you would show the beauty of Jesus in brilliant ways to the world around you. Let me pray for you here this morning. God, I thank you for every single person that calls themselves a part of Kalos Church. God, for those who have been a part of the entire journey. God, for those who have entered at some point. And God, for those who, this is their very first time, even understanding that there is a community like this. God, I pray for them right now. And God, I'm asking that you would give them brand new courage to face whatever it is God, that they are going to be facing in the days ahead. And I'm praying for strength and grace. God, that you would lead them, you would guide them, and they would be living and breathing community to the world around them. God, I pray that all those who are watching, God, that they would stand in awe of what it is you're doing in this community because they're thriving in the midst of such a difficult situation. God, we pray your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. Thanks for letting me be a part of your world here today. What a powerful message from Pastor Jamie. And there is such a power in community. There's such power in the gospel. And we're part of this community because we're first and foremost connected to God. And right now, if you would like to make a decision to surrender your life to Jesus, to not lean on your own strength, but to lean on his strength, we would love to lead you in a prayer right now. And so we're going to put some words on the screen. And if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, would you just pray this from the depths of your heart? Let's pray right now. Lord Lord Jesus, I I need you. Everybody, thank thank you you for for dying dying on the cross for me. me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Can we give it up to God for life change? Yes, Man, amen. that's awesome. Hey, especially if you prayed that prayer from the depths of your heart. We really want to make sure you're not going through this journey alone. So please text the number on the screen. Just text Jesus to that number. 
or write Jesus in the comment section, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook. We really don't want you to go through this journey alone. We want to make sure that you are part of the community yeah. of God. We want to have your back. Yes, amen. Yeah. Well, we want to transition here to a time of offering. We want to worship God with our giving. There are several different ways that we worship God. And actually, you can click on a link below that um, actually has a playlist with worship that you can worship right in your home. You can mm -hmm. take communion. You can click on that link and remember the death of Jesus and how he rose again for our lives and then also you can give today there's a link right there that shows you many different ways that you can give and we are all being so impacted by economic hardship but I want to tell you there's a biblical principle that if you would continue to give and be consistent that God will continue to bless you and yeah. he will be there with you and for you and like many organizations the church also is vulnerable so I encourage you to give today and know this you are giving to life change yeah. people are being impacted mm -hmm. by the body of Christ by the church. For example, you're about to hear testimony from Jason and Stephanie, who are a part of our church. They have gone through economic hardship in their lives, and they have come out uh, incredibly blessed by God. So I want you to take a listen to Jason and Stephanie's story. Hey, Kalos, I'm Steph. Yeah, and I'm Jason. And man, are we in such a weird time right now with everything going on, navigating our kids being home because schools are being closed, to restaurants and other areas getting shut down, um, to changes in our job situation and all of that unknown and uncertainty that comes with it. Um, and we're no stranger to those different situations as well. Yeah, um, I, we're pretty familiar with being in a situation of anxiety and um, a lot of high stress and um, so we were asked to kind of share our testimony a little bit and what that experience was and what it was like. So I was actually laid off um, for an extended period of time um, and it was really hard. Uh, you, when you get laid off, it's, it's very scary, it's stressful. It, you just kind of feel lost and honestly a little shameful. Like you're a little ashamed that you got let go and trying to like deal with that. Um, and part of the testimony is that how I got through that was through a church. I reached out, started reaching out to communities because when you're feeling really lonely, like that's a great place to start reaching out to. And um, I was rallied around by a great community, prayed over, um, and it was a, an opportunity for me not to just also um, be prayed into and, and, and reaching out to them, but it was also an opportunity just to vent. Um, it's a scary time and um, there's some really good people, especially in our community too, that um, we're all here. We all want to um, reach out and help each other. And there's there's nothing more than powerful than having a Christ-like community rally around you guys. Um, what helped me get through it was uh, setting up a really strong routine um, where I'd wake up in the morning, work out, pray, um, and job hunt all day. And um, it was these things that help you get through honestly, anxiety and in times like this. Yeah, and it's an incredible power to have that conversation with God in prayer and um, to just talk through layoffs, job changes, ask him for help. Um, I know I've been through layoff situations as well, and that's really all that you can do. You just lean on God and um, have that faith. So um, for any in the community too, you know, we run the Financial Peace University group um, and we've been reaching out and trying to help people to set up a financial plan if you are in a situation where your your income has changed, your job has changed, um, and just want to feel at ease and feel like you've got something in control too. So please feel free to reach out and we're here to be a part of that Christ community with you.
What a powerful story. I love it. Love hearing testimonies like that. Hey, before we close out in prayer, I just want to let you know about some cool things we have going on at Kalos. A lot of people have asked us, how can we help? How can we chip in? Obviously, we're going through some crazy times and basically we're launching a new church, like an online church. We're still a community. We're still friends, but this is just a new season for Kalos Church. So we're doing something kind of crazy. We're calling it the Pandemic Pledge. I know it's alliteration. I know it's a little punny. I don't know if that's actually a pun, but I, I like it. It's a lot of P words. My name starts with the P pretty thin. Anyways, the <laughs> pandemic pledge is really us trying to make the vision clear so that all of us can run with it. We've said from the very beginning that Kalos Church is not about the, the talented of a few people, but it's about the sacrifice of many. It's not about the Jivas. It's all about Jesus. Yeah. Can I get a good amen? amen? And so visit our website, Kalosetra slash the pandemic pledge. If you want to see the best ways to support us through these uncertain times, and we believe that Jesus Christ is building the church and he always does the heavy lifting, but we get the honor of serving alongside yes. Jesus and building the kingdom, advancing his agenda and will. And so if you want to chip in, you want to help out, take the pledge, the pandemic pledge, which is so crazy. And uh, we also have some great things going on for all of us to make sure that we have friends and we're not alone. You can join a digital small group. You can be part of our crash course where you learn how to get involved with Kalos or learn what Kalos church is all about. There's just so many different ways you can connect with us. And we really want to make sure that you're not alone during this time of quarantine. And while we're all a little isolated, we can be spiritually connected yeah. and we can be alone together yes. through this online church. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're so thankful to have church with you, church in our home. So let me bless you before we go today. May you know and make known the beauty of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We did it.